0: It's time to Lace them Up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome to episode number 17 of the Lace Em Up podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth.
1: I'm Brett Dubuff.
0: And today we're going to be talking about a lot of bad boys getting themselves in trouble, as well as the all-star game, uh, the stars of the show, mainly two. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about... Uh, second half predictions and who we think is going to win the Stanley Cup now that we're halfway through the season but uh, before we get to that uh, you might be wondering where's episode 16 I didn't see episode 16 uh, up on our uh, page well uh, there's a reason for that Um, but uh, before we get to that Brett why don't you tell all of our listeners, <laughs> yeah. how they can get in touch with us on yeah. social media.
1: Well, I'll explain both of that. Um, first, <laughs> uh, the uh, the Twitter is uh, LaceM Podcast at LaceM Podcast. Um, our our email is laceupbag@gmail.com. at gmail You can also search us on iTunes or SoundCloud. I'm at Up Podcast, um, and yeah, we're also on SoundCloud. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we do have Facebook. Oh yeah. And Facebook. I forgot about that. Uh, that's just a sum up, I think. Yeah. Oh no, Facebook. Probably
0: the most standard, uh, handle you can find.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to take a hundred percent blame on this. It was not Steve's fault at all for what, uh, what happened last episode quote unquote last episode. Because, uh, so we recorded um, last week um, and I, uh, usually I save it right away, but this time I didn't save it right away because we did it on Saturday and I expected this to come, that to come out on on Monday, but it didn't, you know, so I just didn't bother saving it. And then once I did try to save it on Sunday, um, I couldn't because Audacity, the recording program we work with. Uh, doesn't, like, just started freaking out or whatever. So it was an extra bad day considering the Patriots lost two um, yeah, <laughs> at the same time. So, so I, um, so yeah, that wasn't the greatest day for me. But um, it is kind of... And the fourth
0: episode, sh- the 16, shall be named the lost episode. <laughs> yeah. I actually have the lineup well, of what was... we were going to talk about. Yeah. So if you're really that interested to know what we were talking about, uh, you can just Facebook, Twitter us, send us an email and uh, maybe yeah. we'll uh, send a copy yeah, of that. it is. Yeah, it, uh, is, it is pretty it, cool if, that... That's if you're interested. If there's it, is,
1: an it is pretty cool that we had a, lo- you know, like we have a lost episode, you know. Like yeah, not, I don't know it adds to many our, many our
0: podcasts that have a lost episode. That's pretty
1: cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, think. exactly. I mean, every every podcast probably has some technical difficulty type thing. But this was yeah, something or that or I could have...
0: something that no one else has, yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly, so... Um, Yeah, and even we don't have it, so, um, (laughs) um, yeah. uh, But, yeah, we're we're back to our regularly scheduled program. Um, Do you want to go with the number 16s and number 17s. Yes,
0: um, well, a few obvious number 16s, Marcel Dion, Bobby Clark, uh, Brett and Bobby Hall both wore number 16, uh, so did Bobby Holique, and uh, the pocket rocket, uh, Henri Richard, who I forgot to... Include uh, the last time we recorded this, so right. I'll probably save uh, myself a big old injustice uh, by correcting, uh, you know, a potential mistake there. Um, the first captain of the centers, Lori Boshman, wore number 16. Uh, Borchevsky, Nikolai Borchevsky of the Maple Leafs in 1993, the overtime hero against Detroit in game seven. A lot of Maple Leaf fans will remember him for that. Uh, Michael Hansus, wore number 16, and Tim Horton who has a popular fast food chain in Canada named after him, he wore number 16 as well. Uh, for the number 17s, did you know John Beliveau wore number 17 no, once upon a time? Apparently, it's true. Well, uh, so did Gordy Howe. Gordie well, Howe apparently wore number 17. Did I know and that? And in one season with the Washington Capitals, so did Sergey Gonchar. Wow. Well, he actually legends. wore number 17. And then you have the obvious people, Rod Brindamore, Wendell Clark, Ilya Kovalchuk, Yari Curry, um, Matt Cullen actually wore number 17 for a bit, so did Scotty Hartnell, uh,
1: and Brandon
0: Dubinsky, as, as we know, wore number, uh, wears number 17, still does. Didn't like Hull, Tanko, Um And Peter Sikora, who can forget Peter Sikora wore number 17. So Brett, shout outs uh, oh. to them and the countless others for uh, their hard work at the NHL level, and uh, this podcast goes out to you.
1: Didn't now, Brett Hull wear 17? Oh, no, no. He you wore sorry? Brett Hull? Uh,
0: yeah, he actually, he actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure he wore number 17 as well, I think, uh, with the Red Wings. Right, like, yeah. He wore number 17. I, it was either 16 well. or, yeah, so or 17. double shout-out to Brett Hull, then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was 16 with the Red Wings or not, but... Uh, no,
0: end. he wore number 16 uh, with the St. Louis Blues, I think, for the longest time. Yeah, but, yeah, like... no, he, he wore a different number with the Red Wings, yeah. I, um, think, it, I think it was 17,
1: you're right. Right. Well, this uh, I believe the last episode we had, we were talking about Jonathan Drouin. Um, we were talking about LeCavier. And then we also mentioned John Scott uh, finally actually getting to play um, after much controversy and much scandal, uh, yeah. so now he actually played in the all-star game, um, and it was quite the, um, quite the, the, the event, um, for him. It's probably a moment that might be the best day of his life, other than probably his wedding. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. And the
0: birth of his two daughters,
1: probably. Yeah, yeah, might be. Um, so, uh, I guess. I'm not sure how we're going to do this. I, I had. This was before I realized the actual. Like, what the. If the game was going to be exciting or the skills was going to be. The skills competition was going to be exciting. So I assumed the skills competition was going to be more exciting. But I think we're going to talk about the actual game. Um, it was great. Um, it was awesome. It was something that. Like I had a feeling that the three on three um, was going to be awesome, um, you know. Like I was, I was a little worried about like the players not actually caring and stuff. But you know, when you have a one nothing uh, final game like that, then that's like proof that you know people were actually trying, um, you know. And even if John Scott wasn't playing, um, I feel like this this event was a success because it was it was probably the most exciting. Um, all star game I think I've ever seen. Uh, also,
0: what are the odds that Pekarene gets the first penalty at an all star game yeah. since two thousand instead of John Scott?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I that's don't true think plan. too many people would have
0: put money on that. Yeah,
1: eh? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. John Scott had two goals. He uh, he also we didn't really cover this. Well, I don't think it, that article came out at this time, but he wrote a a like very moving piece on the Players Tribune. Yeah, it's titled um, "A
0: Guy Like Me."
1: Yeah, and it was. If you haven't read it yet, please do. I beg you to read it. I think I tweeted it out on our up uh, Twitter account. Um, but yeah, it was. It's like, um, it like like beforehand, like I I was like sort of, um, I was on the fence on this John Scott thing. Like on one hand, I was like, you know, who cares? And then on the other hand, I'm like, well, this guy's a goon who. Uh, injured Louis Erickson for a year. So, but this article made me feel for the guy. Um, There was a quote that he said uh, that the NHL, it got to the point where an NHL executive called him up and said, uh, do you think that your kids will be uh, proud of you? Um, and then and and then John Scott said that was the moment when he said, "You know what? I'm actually gonna go because it was just more of like a screw you to the league, kind of thing." I um, mean, and, and that was the general consensus around everyone on fans when I was looking through Twitter and Reddit. Um, everyone seemed to be like, "Well, you know, like yeah, like screw, screw the NHL." Um, I don't know. If it, it, you felt the same way. It
0: made him look human. Yeah. Above all else, it may him look human, and 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 how many times do, do you really feel for tough guys like John Scott who right. have more exactly. fights in their career than goals? Yeah, um, like on, honestly, uh, you know, watching watching him go after Phil Kessel, you know that, and Kessel going full lumberjack, you know, trying to cut him down a yeah. few sizes with his cheap uh, hacks there. Uh, in that one preseason game between the Sabres and the Maple Leafs. That's that's all, you know, people are probably going to remember John Scott for. And then this weekend came around. He scores two goals. His wife
1: is and they were good goals, enjoy
0: too. watching this whole thing. They weren't. They weren't he he too, gets yeah, the well. MVP. He gets the car. He gets his share of the million-dollar prize because, yeah. hey, his team, who is arguably the weakest team on paper, ended up winning the whole thing. Yeah. And it's that's the biggest. That yeah. he's never going to forget, and arguably no one's going to forget because there's this TV show that airs on TSN every week called The Reporters, and one of the reporters is named Michael Farber. At the start of Monday's show, he opened with, say, uh, "He opened the show by saying Gary Bettman is the luckiest man on the face of the earth because this is arguably one of the most entertaining All Star Games I've watched <laughs> in a very long time, if not ever." Yeah. So. Uh, the, the fact that, you know, you don't have Alex Ovechkin there, you don't have Sidney Crosby there, you don't have Jonathan Tades there, people still watched it. Yeah. And the Hockey Hall of Fame, when the Hockey Hall of Fame asked for John Scott's helmet to be proudly put on display, and, and, and they get the request granted by the NHL, you know how significant of a moment this is, not just for the league, but for John Scott as well. He's, he's never going to forget this. His family's not going to forget this. Like, he was taking pictures with Brent Burns and Joe Pavelski, his former teammates. He, he took a selfie with the media yeah. um, in, in the boardroom there. He shook the commissioner's hand. Like, it. Yeah. these are memories that will last a lifetime.
1: True. Um, and, I mean, like, and it showed that I feel like uh, the goons are, like, the last of the dying breed nowadays. They're trying to cut yeah. away from fighting. You don't see fights at all nowadays in hockey um all all with the like ct the upcomings with cte and um it's just a faster game and just a different game than it used to be um and you know i think this is like the last like it started off as a joke like ah let's let's see how the worst player in hockey gets to do with like in a format that like you know like that values fast skaters and then, he didn't do too bad. Yeah, and I was about to say that he just he didn't do too so bad. Those two goals were were very legit goals. They weren't gimme goals. And, um, and the second was, one especially was yeah, nice. The second one was very nice. And you know, and I, you know, I was surprised by it too. And I think he surprised a lot of other people too. Where he's just like, wow, this guy's you know actually this guy is kind of good. Um, and um, you know, I guess it makes sense considering he's thirty three years old. Um, and he's been in the league, so so he has to be doing something right. Um, and I, you know, and I think that, that in that article, that's what, that's what I took out of it was that like, you know, that he loves the game. It's, it's basically like if I was, you know, if I was, if I had enough skill to play, it's like, he's, he loves the game so much that he's willing to do anything for them. So he's like willing to fight for them and he's willing, he's willing to fight. Um, or he's willing to just be that clubhouse guy. Um, you know, and I, I always, um, so I think it's like a, I think this all-star game was very much like, um, an ode to like the goons and we'll probably never get to see that again at an all-star game. No, the NHL is going to um, make
0: sure that this yeah. doesn't happen again. I Although think- I'm not
1: really sure how that's going to happen considering like you have to get the fans involved somehow. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to – I'm going to guess that you can't do, like, a fan vote anymore. Like, you can't do write-ins like you could for this year. But um, they may just, like – you know, they may just pick, like, a select group of people that you can choose from. But at the same time, it's like – like, they'll probably just pick the, you know, the worst player of that selection um, so yeah, it started off as a joke, but then I think like the more and more stories that came out, and especially with this whole like the NHL is trying to get him out of there with that conspiracy actually being true. So remember a couple episodes ago, I was saying like there's a conspiracy that the NHL doesn't want this to happen. They're going to do anything to not let him in. And that actually that's I, I think out to everyone true.
0: was probably going on yeah. your conspiracy theory too, though. I don't. I don't think too many <laughs> that, uh, expected
1: I, that this was It wasn't, was it wasn't that. Happen. It wasn't that bold of a prediction. That's true, but I, I'm just saying, like, it's like, um, it's like, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, the NHL screwed up at first, and then eventually they kind of have to be like, okay, yeah, you you know what, he, he earned it. He uh, he's definitely a hero. I think like Twitter, um, the NHL Twitter like put like uh, John Scott's like celebration goal, and then they just put the words like hero. Um, mm-hmm. On the NHL, which is kind of interesting, considering like the
0: name of the first star of the week too,
1: and the named of the first star of the week, I heard about that. So it's like um, it's one of those things where it's like um, you know they kind of like they back down and swallowed their swallowed their pride because it's like and, and,
0: and good on them for doing that because yeah. they they could have thought of a million ways to say you can't go but. They, they, they did. <laughs> they owned up. They they let him go. They gave the fans what they wanted. Yeah, and it worked out great for everybody. And
1: and the other thing is is that apparently he wasn't even uh, on the nomination for the All Star of the uh, MVP vote at the end. Oh, really? And uh, the Twitter outcry was so like big at that time. That the like the NHL is just like all right, let's just give it to him. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, it was a it was a cool moment. Um, let's uh, let's talk about the skills competition for a bit in the actual game, uh, besides the John Scott stuff. Um, the skills competition, there was the fastest skater. Dylan Larkin won the uh, he, he he beat Mike Gardner's record. By like a, I think like a quarter of a second or something like that. Like yeah, I think it was like
0: thirteen point three seconds was yeah. the record. He did in like thirteen point one something. And it was
1: kind of crazy too because it didn't seem like he was actually trying. <laughs> <if> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like his, I was just looking at his facial exp- expression at the end there, and he was just like, he was just like shrugging or something. Maybe he just didn't think he was gonna do it, but like it was kind of cool, I guess. Um, I don't know. That my my favorite is usually the accuracy um challenge just because like I feel like that's such a hard thing to do out of everything everything on the skills is just actually try to like hit the dishes. And you know, all of all of them did it in the same time. But um it was kind of like it was a cool uh it was that's the cool event for me. Um but uh you know no one can stop the Ray Bork who did it in four and four four and four and four shots. Um which is hard hard to do too, um, and then um the challenges which is always boring, um I'm trying to think of the other ones and then um oh yeah and then the hardest shot, um I w- this is the moment where I wish Chara was at the game just so he could compete with Shea Weber, because uh, it's like those are the two guys who or
0: break his own record yeah, again. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's there's like those are the only two guys who who can compete for this. It's like it's kinda crazy when you think about it that like those are those have they both have the capacity to shoot really hard among everyone else in the league. And you know, like it was like it was kinda weird too when I was like looking at them, I was like, Oh that's a hard shot and it turns out it's like only ninety three miles per hour. Yeah. <laughs> you are like Oh, okay. I guess it wasn't that fast. Well, I mean they're, it was they're fast. Tall. But they're, yeah, they're
0: they're tall. I I think the tall stature kinda helps with that. Right. And um, I
1: thought that would I thought that would be like uh help for like John Scott because he is like he is as tall as Chara. So it's yeah, like,
0: he, in fact a one inch shorter than him.
1: Yeah, and so but like and he, he did pretty well too. More too. So yeah, ninety five, I think. But mm-hmm. um you know, it's just one of those moments where I wish, like, oh, Char should just should be in there, even if he doesn't have to go just to defend his record. Um, and,
0: and and Weber almost almost beat his record. It yeah, was I don't know. Point seven difference. Yeah. Side.
1: I was I was just joking with my friends that like he should just be uh he's like Char is probably like sipping champagne right now when, <laughs> when that happened. Uh, just being like, oh yeah, another you can't break the record or whatever. Another
0: year, where no one breaks the record.
1: <laughs> exactly. Don't break um, my record. Yeah. Um. But uh, by far. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't really What made my year. weekend
0: was Subban.
1: Oh yeah, that was Yager, cool. Florida I forgot that.
0: jersey with the mullet and a plain white old school Joe Fahnelt. That's probably as old as Yarmar Yager himself. Yeah. And and then uh, what 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 did he win? Was it uh, was it the accuracy shot? No, a that break, was the shootout. challenge. The breakaway, breakaway,
1: yeah, breakaway, shootout or whatever.
0: And I was uh, yeah. I I loved watching that. That that, that, that cool. put a smile on my face. And yeah, uh, Yarmar Yager continued to be at the forefront of the skills competition. Yeah, that, that was arguably his night. Uh, I don't sure. know if it was the skills competition or the game itself, but uh, Glenn Healy a uh, former NHL goalie, he asked him, which individual, uh, Yarmie Yager, what individual did you like to play against? And, he, and you can't say my name. And Yager responded, yes, I can, because if it wasn't for you, I would have scored less goals. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, I remember. I saw that. And that was the
0: bird of the year. I lost so hard watching that. Well, it was
1: funny, too, when uh when they, uh, JR, uh, oh, yeah, you didn't get the NBC feed, but Jeremy Roenick interviewed, uh, John Scott during the All-Star game. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. And so Ronick said, like, I, I'm going to admit to myself that I was wrong about you. And and then John Scott goes, yeah, that wasn't the first time you were wrong, <laughs> Which is funny. Um, but, yeah, I, I almost forgot about the breakaway. I don't even know how I did that. Brent Burns was really cool, too, with um, Chewbacca. Um, yeah. And with his Did kids he, the they first time. Did
0: actually wear a Chewbacca?
1: Well, he just wore he a mask. Wore, like, a
0: Chewbacca mask or yeah, something? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I thought that was photoshopped. I didn't actually think that was real. Oh, <laughs> oh my God.
1: Um, And then, um, right, then, uh, and then uh, Dushane had a couple cool moves. Uh, There was Kuznetsov's second one was pretty cool, too. James DeLonick had a good one.
0: Uh, he scored a beauty uh, against Bishop.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right, in the actual game.
0: Yeah, I was in talking the actual about game, it. that was nice.
1: I was talking about the in the breakaway challenge, but yeah, we, oh, okay. we can we can talk I didn't about really the actual... pay
0: too much attention to the skills competition. I, would, right. I just watched no, the East no. run, run away within the shootout.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, I guess you didn't miss much except for that breakaway thing, which I kind of forgot about. But, um, yeah, the... Uh, right, so that, I guess we can talk about the actual game. The first, um, it was kind of weird for me, because, like, Bergeron and Subban were on the same line for most of the games, uh, for those two games, so it was just strange for me to see, like, Bergeron and Subban being teammates. And then you had Komarov as well as the other teammate, so it was kind of like the hatred alliance, um, which was it was kind of, uh, interesting. Um, and then... About the
0: rivalry line.
1: Yeah, the, the uh... Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I can't really think of a good nickname for that. Like the triangle of hate line, or something. (laughs) I don't know. Or
0: or the original six rivalry line. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's that works. Original
0: six rivalry line. Although trademark that.
1: Although, what about the Red Wings, Blackhawks, and Rangers? So I don't know. (laughs) I mean, the original (laughs) three, I guess. I don't know. Um, Because like those three like hate each other like in a like. Oh yeah. So. Um, but, um, yeah, so that was, that was always strange in the actual game. It was cool, though, like, um, it was cool, though, like, because this was the only time I'll probably ever root for Suban or Luongo, and, you know, I kind of secretly liked them anyway, so it was kind of, it was kind of cool for, like, at least 40, 40, minutes I was able to root for those two.
0: You just reminded me also Luongo was, was, uh, judging, um, with with Glenn Healy, he was holding up oh, yeah. uh, this I like whiteboard, yeah, and he and he, and on a scale of one to ten, uh, he rated. Uh, I uh, I can't. I think he was like breakaway drill or something. Right. Uh, that was that was pretty entertaining. I, I like watching him do that. I oh, yeah,
1: I think I heard about that, but I didn't really know what was going on there. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and
0: uh, I, I'm shocked that the central it. got. Yeah, that was shocking. I think
1: they just didn't really care that much. They were, you know, they were just. um, Also, I think to give
0: up nine goals to the worst team on paper, uh, though. Yeah, Yeah, true, but I mean, that much skill, like.
1: Yeah, but like Goudreau and Hall were actually had pretty good chemistry, which was kind of interesting for people. (laughs) Speaking of rivalries, um, but yeah, that was that was an interesting move. Um, Yeah, I, I was. I was kind of, I mean, I was kind of surprised that the uh, Atlantic and the Metropolitan, I mean, I knew it was going to be close, but I thought, like, Holtby and Schneider were going to take over, which they kind of did, yeah, they did play really well.
0: I, I, I thought so, too, like, in the shootout you saw, yeah. you know, Holtby and Schneider, like, it's tough to right. to beat them on any given night, but to alternate between those two on the yeah. same sheet of ice, like, that gives the opposition fits, and and and, yeah. and the Atlantic, to to be fair to the Atlantic, they had Luongo and Bishop, who right. I think are just as good
1: as Holby and, and yeah. Schneider. Well, I... They
0: may not be. They they, they may not, um, you know, have the same. Uh, I don't want to say body of work because Luongo's hmm. had a long, longer body of work than Corey Schneider, but um, they 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 may not be as. Big of front runners for the Vesna as Schneider and Holby are right now, mm-hmm. but they're still pretty good goalies. And the Atlantic, I, I, they they didn't have the the same offensive flair as as the Metropolitan did. I mean, like it's tough to beat Malkin, it's tough to beat Kuznetsov. It's it's tough to beat John Tavares. Uh, but I think. Th- their their team style held up. Um, Carlson looked pretty good. Yeah, at times as Well, um, Bergeron played so defense, I, and, and Bergeron, you know, you have a lot of good team guys yeah. there, and I I think that's it, it. Like I said before, the one team to challenge the Central because it was the Central's tournament to lose, and they lost it. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, their probably their main challenger was going to be the Atlantic Division. The Atlantic made it to the finals, and they only lost one nothing. So. Yeah. They're as good
1: as I thought they were going to be. Yeah, true. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, I guess it, may, it makes sense, too, when you have guys like Carlson, Subban, and Bergeron who all play, like, defense. I um, don't that's a part of their game. Although, <laughs> it's arguable if Carlson and Subban play, actually play defense. But, uh, they, uh... Um... <laughs> I thought you were going to retaliate. But I guess you're not. Um, uh, but, uh... Oh, did Does I Brent Burns play
0: defense?
1: Uh, yeah, somewhat. I mean, he. Hey, yeah, you wanted a answer I got you. One. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. No, yeah, I, I thought I thought you were going to retaliate because usually, like, because back in, I think when did uh, Carlson win the Norris Trophy? Was it two thousand?
0: Um, I think it was. I 2000... want to say.
1: Was it twenty twelve or twenty thirteen?
0: I think it was 2011-2012 when he won his first Because I remember
1: there was like a lot of criticism.
0: 2012-2013, he got hurt. That was in right. the shortened season, he got hurt.
1: Okay. Oh, right, right. Because of I think the cover thing, yeah. I think it was, so I think it
0: was 2011-2012 when he won the Norris. And that year, I, yeah. he had more that points was, than, than uh, two guys combined. It was Delzato and somebody else. Right, right.
1: But yeah, I think like Charo was a Norris Trophy finalist as well and people were making the point here in Boston that, like, Charlie deserved it more because he actually plays better defense than Carlson does. That's um, true, but Carlson and, like,
0: is, is, is fast, and any any mistakes that he makes, he can easily make up for with his speed. No,
1: I, 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 I love Carlson, too, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, yeah, like I know. And, uh, and the Norris Trophy is kind of like a... It's just that they should change the Norris Trophy to the best, like... You know, the yeah, best like offensive defense. When,
0: when you think about Norris Trophy, yeah. best all-around defenseman, not yeah. just
1: offense. Right, exactly. So that's why there's more, like, people in Boston are saying, like, well, yeah, Charles should be there because they, he plays better defense than Subban and Carlson. But and
0: if not him, then either Shea Weber, or, Kunkie, plays offense, or yeah. Drew
1: Doughty. Right, right, or those guys. But, I mean, not, not, not to discredit Carlson or Subban at all. Um, yeah. Um, they're,
0: they're they're offensive defensemen. Make no right. mistake about it. Their offense is what they're known
1: for. But that's what the Norse Then just make another category for defensive defensemen yeah. or all or around. Give another award, yeah. yeah. Best yeah. offensive defensemen. Yeah. Best all around defensemen. Yeah. There,
0: a problem
1: solved. There we go. We got it. We solved the issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the NHL and take our Exactly. Um. Uh. Alright, so I have one last thing for the All-Star game, and then we'll move on. Um, Ovi, Ovechkin, Tava, Taze, both uh, suspiciously were injured um, before the All-Star game, which is kind of odd, considering that they're, like, they were known for the only, the guys who actually go to these things and try, but um, uh, yeah, so they weren't there, and so wasn't Crosby who was who didn't wasn't even selected, but um, so it was kind of it was kind of cool that like without those three superstars because those are like the three superstars that the nhL markets the most well um, that they,
0: they've gravitated to for the past several years yeah, exactly
1: yeah. and now pretty- and now they just you know now it's like Kind of like a running of the guard where it's like, you know, now you have Patrick Kane, you have Tyler Sagan, you have Steven Stamkos, you have all these guys PK Subban, you have Eric Carlson, as we just mentioned. So it's like, uh, um, so I thought that was cool too is that like they're marketing more and more players, not just those three guys who weren't even there. Um, all right, let's go to. I think,
0: bo- I think both guys know their chances of winning the Stanley Cup are very, very good. And they don't and they oh, don't well, want to risk missing any more time at their team yeah. than they already are. Because, but who knows
1: if they were actually injured or not? I think the caps. I, said, you I know?
0: don't think they were faking it. Jonathan Taves True, is I one don't. Of those I don't know if they're th- out of a competition unless right. unless it's pretty serious.
1: True. Yeah, they, they don't seem to like catch, the guys. If you saw
0: yeah. him during the draft last year, how much he wanted to be picked last, well, and all that. Do you think he would miss? Um, uh, an event like that, where he's the star of the show, the center of attention. Yeah, and I guess the it's true. A lot of fun he likes to have every year. He wouldn't miss that if it, uh, for for anything. I think he knows that his team has a realistic shot. Probably the best shot they had. Well, in they
1: year got the three guys in it. <laughs> no, and he, it. And, he
0: and he doesn't. And he doesn't. want to put his team in a bad spot. And if it was, if it wasn't that bad, if he thought he could play through it, he would have gone Michael.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's true too. But I feel like, I mean, I think the Caps said that they're going to accept the the penalty regardless because they knew it. But, um, yeah. but like, I don't know. I feel like, like, yeah, you're right. They both don't have the personality to do that kind of thing. So maybe yeah. it is actually serious, but I have a feeling though that like but po- policy's policy
0: and the Someone's going to ask both. him to skip a game, and I'm sure you know what. That's yeah, more but I feel like
1: that. I feel like they're both going to come back in the second game, like the second p- game back when they return. But uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm just, I mean, I, I don't know. This is another conspiracy now, but nah, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't dig too deep
0: into it. Like it's, right. it's, it's. I'm big in uh, the It's more theory. rest for them. You know, if they're really yeah. that banged up, you know they'll take the extra game, they'll rest up and no, get back to their old way. I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't blame
1: them. Us. I wouldn't blame them, but I'm just saying like if you're talking about, you know, they would have killed to be there, I mean, then they may have just been there, but maybe it's more serious. I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. Um so uh the big story last week besides the All Star game was uh Dennis Wideman um. After like, uh, it looks, I forget what team they were playing. It was so long ago.
0: Nashville Predators. Nashville Predators. Yeah. So On he got. Tuesday night. He got
1: hit. Um. He got hit. I think he didn't get hit in the head, but like he got hit in the shoulders, and then he's
0: checked in the board. Right. He was checking the, boards, right, he was and checking the boards. He Got a
1: trip to the hospital. Right, right, and right. and then mean, and then he uh yeah. So he wa uh, I guess his saying is that. Well, first off, he. He was, he, would, uh, he. just uh, cross-checked a ref, um, and the ref's okay. Apparently, he was in the hospital, but it turns out he's okay. Everything's it was, fine. It
0: was Henderson. Was it, was it Don Henderson. Henderson was his name?
1: I think so, or something like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but um, it looked, uh, and then he got suspended indefinitely. Um, this is one of the cases where I don't think this has ever happened in the NHL history. Um and, not to this degree. Yeah, not to this degree. It really depends on uh, Wyman doesn't have a history of of these kind of hits, and it really depends on if if he um, was intending to do it. If he intended to do it, then yeah, he should he deserves like the rest of the se- to be suspended for the rest of the season. I don't know if I mentioned he's suspended indefinitely right now. Um, yeah, yeah but, just uh,
0: just in case he didn't hear, before yeah, he suspended indefinitely.
1: Um, so, and then, um, yeah, so it depends on if, he, if he was, if he was suspended, um, if like, if he intended to hit the ref, then, then yeah, he deserves to be out for the rest of the season, maybe for life even. Um, and then, I wouldn't
0: say, I wouldn't say for life, but what I will say is this, his argument makes zero sense. <laughs> He says, oh, yeah, 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 he just he just couldn't avoid it. You're th- practically like three feet from your bench. Right? There's uh, your, be- your re- the ref is three feet away from your bench. There is no guy in front of the ref that you're trying to check. Right? Because uh, he just took a he, he just took a hit and he got up and he was feeling the effects in his shoulder or something like that. And there, there's no one next to him. It's just the ref and he's three feet away from his bench." Right. I don't get how that is not unavoidable.
1: Yeah, no, that's true, too. I don't too. get it. I mean, and, and then.
0: It just doesn't add yeah. up. I would be shocked. It wouldn't surprise me if he got suspended for the rest of the season. It I would shock me if he gets anything less than 20 games. Anything less than 20 games is a slap right. in the face for every single right. official and linesman in this league. Right, exactly. Because you if need you, to set a precedent. Forget you know. the fact if it's intentional or not.
1: <laughs> I was about to say that. If,
0: if you let your foot off the gas, basically if you check around, this is this is the kind of suspension. You need to make sure the message gets sent. If you do this, you're going to pay, plain and simple. Right, the I NHL was... cannot take their foot off the gas. They need to let Weidman have it. I don't care if it's intentional or not. They need to send a message here.
1: Um, yeah, I was kind of about to say that. Um. There. Okay, is, I, I'm
0: sorry if I keep stealing your thunder. <laughs> it's
1: okay. I'm just uh, very passionate about this issue. No, no, it's fine. I was. I, I'm. i passionate about it too. I, I. I. just suggested that he should be suspended for life. Well, um, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't
0: go that far because again, like you brought up his reputation. Like he hasn't done anything like right, this before. Which is why
1: maybe he won't be suspended as much um but
0: rest of the season i can i can understand the rest of the season
1: yeah um and then um and I, I was reading online that maybe he had like a concussion but i don't think he wasn't hit in the head yeah. and then so, so if he was hit if he was if he had a concussion then i guess it's it's kind of excusable but i mean well, sort maybe of not self-aware but, but like get if yeah.
0: You're concussed, I, don't, I don't I don't know if you can really
1: But I don't even think he if was concussed. he to
0: cross-check him in the boards that yeah. hard, like you're probably dizzy more
1: than anything. I don't think but I don't think he was concussed though. Um so yeah. and then there's also another thing where maybe he thought it was a Predators player and he was just confused, but um, I don't yeah. I don't even know if that's true too either. Um, so those are the only it, Things that I just, could say. It's just the argument there that right. he
0: couldn't avoid it. I don't buy that one for a second.
1: No, yeah, I I agree. I I, just, I think he deserves the book t- thrown at him because, like, if he gets like five games, and that means that like five any player, games,
0: that's nothing. Yeah,
1: exactly. it, and if uh, that also means that any player can you know can cheap shot a ref like that. The um,
0: fact that he's been suspended indefinitely is a good sign that the NHL is going to take a really good look at this and punish accordingly. Right. And I hope they do.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of cheap shots and former Bruins, Milan Lucic uh, got suspended one game for sucker punching. Um, uh, so, <laughs> this was even longer ago. I forget who he sucker punched.
0: Yeah, and he's, he's already he's, he's already, he already served time, it. Right? Yeah,
1: he already served the time. When this moment came out, I was kind of thankful. Like I, it's like um, I was kind of thankful that this guy isn't on my team anymore because I didn't have to defend this guy. At the same time, I'm like, well, you know, he just lets his emotions go out to you, so it's not that surprising that this kind of thing happens to Luchic because it's very easy to anger him. Um, it's yeah, kind of, he's, he's got a short yeah, view sometimes. This made me think about how, like, like Luchic. Because this was one of the main reasons why the bruin like he lost favor amongst Bruin's fans is that you just always do these stupid stuff like this where like you just let his emotions go get the get the best of him and then um whereas like he was a he was awesome he was like my favorite bruin um in my you know early in his career where you know where he was fighting a lot. And now he can't do that as much because, you know, guys don't want to fight him. And so now he's, he has to resort to, like, uh, you know, ball-crushing people and, like, uh, just being intimidating or whatever. So this is just more a part of his style now, but it's it's not as effective, obviously. Um, so it, it's kind of unfortunate, um, from my perspective, as someone who um, used to love this guy a lot, Um but uh yeah it's 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 kind of like it's kind of like the, it's to me it feels like the um like it's telling of what the league is right now it's like this guy can't you know can't get his aggression out um through fighting so he has to find other ways to do it, and even that's even more dangerous um i think he said that like the guy um uh slashed hey, him.
0: Brad Richardson
1: what's that a, it
0: was it the Arizona Coyotes? Yeah, it was
1: Arizona Coyotes, but I don't think it was Richardson. I think it was um. Was it Reader? Tobias Reader? No, I don't think it was Tobias Reader.
0: I think it was I think it was Brad Richardson. If um, I'm I'll look it up.
1: Bradford. But uh, he um. Right, but like I believe he said afterwards that he thought his 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 hand became numb, so he thought like he wouldn't be able to play again. So that's why he sucker punched the guy is a little understandable. I guess it's a better excuse than what Weinman said. Still you don't go sucker punching a guy like that. Um but um it's a little bit it's a, it's a better excuse than what Weinman had. Um let me look. Hold on. Um uh,
0: let's see. Um, sucker p- Oh, Kevin cannot.
1: Oh, right, right. right. Yeah, it was Kevin Okay. Um and, um, yeah, so, yeah, so, from my perspective, it's like, um, I'm kind of thankful that he's not a Bruin anymore, and I'm not surprised that this happened. At the same time, I'm kind of, I still feel a little, um, emotion towards this, because I'm like, eh, it's Lucic, you know? Uh, but, um...
0: It was, it was one of those sucker punches where, fortunately, the guy wasn't hurt, you yeah. need to suspend him to send a message that, that that's not gonna slide, but... Yeah, I the maximum I think he could have got was three games on that play.
1: Yeah, and like, um,
0: it, it, it it was suspendable, but I've seen much worse. At the same yeah, time, sure. I've seen a lot worse than that.
1: And I mean, it's a little bit more understandable considering that he he said that he he felt his um he thought that his hand was his hand was slashed, so he just went out and took his aggression on it. But at this, you know, at the same time, that's not excusable, and the sound I could excuse either. For everything, you know? Exactly. I, um, I, I, I think. But I feel if I'm like. Mistaken, didn't the Cowboys
0: win that
1: game? Um, I'm not sure. I think
0: They might have won that
1: game. They might have, but I don't think that had any effect on.
0: Yeah.
1: On it because of it. Um, let me look. But, uh, the uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like though, like if fighting was allowed, though. Like this wouldn't happen though. Like I mean, yeah, fighting is allowed, but I feel like if it was more common, like Lucic yeah, would, see. would actually the, the Kings. The, yeah, the Kings lost it. That's not I mean.
0: Daryl Sutter's method, right? Their defense first, team comes first. Well, that's what the Bruins they are, are like too. Keep your emotions in check, you know. Like play with an edge, but yeah. don't be
1: stupid. But I mean, the uh, the Kings also have guys like Dustin Brown, Milan Lucic. And they're, I mean, you know, those guys are pretty aggressive guys too. So it's they're not aggressive,
0: but do, do they often drop the gloves
1: though? Lucic does, are or you, are you used to.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think he. I don't think I, I haven't seen too many fights from from Lucic this year.
1: Right, but like he used to, used to be like oh, a yeah. great fighter. Um, but uh, yeah, but that's that was my point earlier. Is that like I feel like this is more like a. If, there were, if fighting was more prevalent, I feel like Lou Cheech wouldn't have sucker-punched that guy. Because, um, okay. you know, like, fighting is, like, a way for, for him to release his aggression kind of thing. Um, Speaking but,
0: of the bad boys, bad boys, what are you going to do when they come for you, uh, line? Um, <laughs> a big 20-game suspension uh, right. for a former Edmonton Oilers captain, Sean Horkoff. Yeah. Of all the guys... That would have violated um, the substance abuse program or whatever program he violated. Yeah, Sean Horcomb is way, way, way at the bottom of my list.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, like, if he must have gotten very bad PEDs um, for it, but I think from what I I I
0: heard, though, it was trying to come back from a year after. And, and yeah, he yeah. I, I what I heard, get the proper clearance or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, it's unfortunate, but you got to pay the price. You, sh- you exactly. should have known better. He's he seemed very apologetic about that, as as I'm sure he is. Yeah, and um but it's it's unfortunate because his his career has been kind of taking a bit of a tailspin offensively too. Right. So I, I, I feel for the guy.
1: Yeah, I I was about to say it was like. um I guess it it was surprising that he found out that he was actually taking those <laughs> drugs considering his outtake or what um uh considering his point totals right now but um yeah I guess like he just forgot to get clearance for them and that's how you're actually supposed to use HGH is recovering from an injury like that so um yeah I guess it's just stupid of him but um yeah uh, I don't know if there's anything else to really talk about. Considering no, just... It, it's just
0: more, it's just more shock and a bit of disappointment that you know.
1: It's not he, disappointment though. Like if you're injured, though, you're. Well, I mean, like, what do true. you want him to I, I do?
0: Think I think it's more shocked and and like way out of left field. Like you, you don't expect guys like Sean Horikoff to, right, right. to be caught. You know, for for breaking the rules, like. But usually
1: but I it. mean, like, yeah, he broke the rules, but it was because he had an injury not because he wanted yeah, to get there I, I
0: don't question I don't question his more but you you still got to do the time and True. it's just just the fact that that headline reads that he violated the program like it's
1: it, it's it's still it's still it was still surprising to me right um, Gary Bettman has a 6 to 7 year extension um, yeah, on the reports. eve
0: of probably the biggest All Star Games <laughs> is NH- the NHL has ever seen yeah. in years, and uh he gets the ex- a new
1: and his uh, contract ends the same time as the next CBA expires, which is kind of convenient. Yeah, conspiracy theory <laughs> alert. Yeah, more Company conspiracy theories. That's that should be the conspiracy, really. And um, he's actually. I mean, I know
0: that cost against the cap probably none. Sarcastic <laughs> question. Ignore.
1: Um, I know uh I know Bettman gets a lot of heat from all NHL fans um because of all the three lockouts but I, I think he's actually done a pretty good job um, as a commissioner cuz he's been able to grow the sport um more you know I think whether
0: you whether and it, whether you like to hear it or not, or whether yeah. you want to admit it, I don't think there's any denying that. Of the big four sports in North America, I think it has grown the most, and I think Gary Bennett arguably
1: has been basketball, but yeah. Arguably basketball it has grown more, but yeah. Um I agree with you. And also you are going to blame the lockout on someone blame it on the owners not on Batman. Yeah. I know I know it's like common to like boo Batman on all events and stuff but um you sh- like Batman's really just a puppet for all the owners. So and you know and blame the GMs too for like sign uh, signing these guys to long-term contracts that caused the second lockout um
0: And and the salary cap to a certain extent it's it's been enforced uh, Yeah exactly. More, more accessibly by the NHL, and the and salary you're cap putting is out great content.
1: yeah, and the salary cap is what I think is very is important to this league's success so far in, in yeah. terms of growing the game because it's like without the salary cap you wouldn't have the rise of the Blackhawks, the Kings, the Bruins, even um, in terms of. You know and now everyone's on a like equal playing field. Everyone's too. on but an equal, equal playing field. Exactly. And Red
0: Sox win the World every well, I year, do, right?
1: but I I do for the Red Sox, but <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yeah no, go I mean, but, but to, yeah. I mean, as a baseball fan, I know we're off topic. As a baseball fan, I would want a salary cap just to just because I've seen how how it affects the NHL. But as a Red Sox fan, hmm. <laughs> no way. I don't care. Um, yeah. So, but um. Right, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that that just—it's my point—is that the salary cap has helped out a ton, as well as like, you know, you also have to credit Crosby and Ovechkin in terms of marketing those guys and Kane and yeah. Taze, and just marketing those guys, because I feel like even casual guys, uh, casual fans, know more about um, like the Steven Stamkoses of the world than they would have, like, you know, in the 90s. Like, a, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a obscure player back then, like Chris Drury or something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so so he's done a good job. I know that's an unpopular opinion. I'm just full of unpopular opinions so far. <laughs> um, the uh, Panthers sign uh, Alexander Barkov for six years, uh, $35.4 million. 5.9 AAV. He was in the same draft class as Jonathan Drouin, so I'm sure the Panthers are really happy at this contract because he's been playing pretty well for them, too, for the Panthers. He has. It, yeah.
0: And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I'm just gonna take a quick look at the, the internet here hmm. and see um, where his his numbers fit in. But yeah, like if, when they draft him ahead of drew and everyone was going like wait what You're, <laughs> you no know, like not too many people have, have have heard of a guy like Alexander Barkov and, yeah and I think take, he's one of those two-way you guys take him ahead of Jonathan drew and yeah. especially considering Jonathan's drew Drouin, uh, drew's numbers in, in at the junior level it's it's pretty astonishing but Alexander Barkov has, has turned into a great uh, two-way player as well and just looking at the 31 points in 39 games well he is three points behind Huberto for the team leading points
1: right yeah because he's he's been uh, injured for the last couple of years too and now he's finally healthy and so he's been he's been big impact for the Panthers team so that's, that's good for them um yeah and I think he definitely deserves it it's interesting that is draft there class
0: He's their number one center too
1: yeah um it's an interesting draft class. Because you have McKinnon, Drewen, Barkov, Seth Jones. I think you have another guy, too, that I'm blanking on. But, um, um it's probably going to be an obvious guy that I'm... I think Sean Monaghan was in that draft, too. Um,
0: Did Anthony Mantha get drafted in that year? I'm, hold if on, it let me wasn't look. that year, it was the year
1: after. Uh, Let's see here. So it was uh, Nathan McKinnon, Barkov, Drewen, Seth Jones, Elias Lindholm, Monaghan, Nurse, Ristolainen, Bo Horvath, and Nechushkin. That's your top 10 on the 2013 NHL draft. Yeah, so Horvath, Ristolainen, um, and Nechushkin have recently been pretty good. Uh, yeah, Monahan
0: in between. He's had a couple of yeah. long-term injuries as well. So. Monaghan's
1: been good for a long time now. Uh, I also, when you look I'm at the, the top
0: scores, you... you, you the top three right now are yeah. Nathan McKinnon, Alexander Barkov, and Sean Monahan, in no particular
1: order. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. Yeah, in so the top ten. McKinnon has the most points, uh, no surprise there, with 142. Monahan has the second most points in this drive class yeah. with 125. Um, and Barkov has 91 points career. Uh, but yeah. Um, but
0: he's on pace for 60 points at this yeah. rate.
1: Uh, also, Domi and Duclair were in that year, so that's, oh, it's turning yeah. out. Yeah, it's turning out to beat Shea Theodore, who has had some uh, goals recently. So it's been a that's a pretty good draft year, um, I'd say. Uh, but yeah, so Barkov definitely improves it. I look forward to uh, seeing more of him, even though he's in my division. Um, yeah, in our division. In our division, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Um. So uh, this the bean pod is happening right now. Um, so I don't know how relevant this, this is going to be, but uh,
0: by, by the way, for, for all the newbies like me that don't know what the bean pod is, care to explain how yeah, relevant yeah, this is to you and, uh, people <laughs> like you in Boston. Yeah, it's a, it's
1: a, it's a college hockey tournament, um, that's played every year. Um, it's, it consists of four teams every year, uh, the two powerhouses on BC and BU. Um, if you don't know Boston University or BC, uh, Johnny Goudreau played for BC for four years, and B- and Jack Eichel was on BU last year. Um, so those
0: Connor was on Boston University as well. Uh,
1: yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, a lot of guys have been on BC or BU. Cam Atkinson, Chris Kreider for BC. Chris, uh, too much of BU guys are. Um, I think in the NHL, I'm trying to think. Um, there's, other there's, than Eichel,
0: uh, who are the other two teams in it this year? I, well, I it's, it's Harvard, always
1: it's always they're, the same they're, they're playing Boston. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's always the same four teams. Um, okay,
0: so this is this is Massachusetts area colleges, universities. Yeah, it's it's
1: always right? it's just, it's schools in Boston. Um, okay. And so it's either BC, Harvard, Northeastern, and BU. Um, it yeah, happens. Yeah. Uh, this Northeast, is so. usually like a like a precursor to the uh, Frozen Four, which is in a month from now. Um, but it's usually since BC and BU are basically college hockey powerhouses, like Harvard and Northeastern aren't. Um, it's like they never, they haven't won since nineteen ninety three when Harvard won, um, BU won last year with Jack Eichel, um, and Northeastern hasn't won the Beanpot since 1988. Uh, BC and Harvard played, uh, before this, uh, it was actually a good game, uh, but BC won. Uh, I always root for, like, the Harvard and Northeastern, just because they're, like, a uh, they're always the, the, uh, the underdogs, um, and I don't really have a strong alliance with any of these teams or these schools. Uh, like, I have, I mean, I went to a classes at Northeastern and BU, but that's the spot, besides the point.
0: Yeah. Um, anyways. So we, we, we've been mentioning all these, you know, important guys. Uh, right. These yeah, notable so. Names that are so, played in this tournament. This year, what are the notable names that probably we need to keep a look at? Right,
1: for? exactly. So, Harvard lost. But they have the best player um, in the tournament right now, in uh, Jimmy Vesey. He's a Nashville Predators prospect. He was a Hobie Baker finalist last year, which is the college hockey MVP, um, which Jack Eichel won last year. But um, yeah, so he, he's very good. There is some controversy where he hasn't officially signed with the Predators yet, um, but if you were, if you have the decision to finish your four years at Harvard or play in the NHL, I think you want to get the the scholarship at Harvard first before you yeah. sign. Um, I yeah. think he's going to sign with the Predators. Um, it's but like there is a slight Especially
0: chance with, the, with Johansson and James yeah. Neal there and Shea Weber. All yeah, all they
1: they have a they have a good core there. Um, but there are some rumors that he may go to Boston because he's from the Bru- he's from the Boston area, okay. or yeah. or his uh, his dad just became a scout for the Maple Leafs and his brother went to the Maple uh, is in the Maple Leafs program too, or mm. in the prospect pool. So yeah. they- he may go there, but I'm pretty sure he's going to stay in Nashville because you know he's a Harvard guy. He's smart enough to. Um, He's, he's not going to like portray a team that drafted him like that. Um and then um so for BC there's a couple of guys uh Thatcher Demko, Colin White, your Ottawa Senator guy um who the Ottawa Senators uh, pro, uh prospect drafted. Um Thatcher Demko is a Vancouver Canucks guy we we talked about this a while ago I think but yeah he's he's He's, like, the Canucks goalie There's of the future. There's
0: also Bruins prospect that plays on Harvard, is it? Har- oh, yeah, Harvard,
1: uh, Ryan Donato. Um, yeah. He had a goal today. Um, Colin White, I said, uh, Goudreau, Johnny Goudreau's brother is also on BG. Oh, BC. yeah, I saw
0: Goudreau
1: on the ice, and just, like, in uh, relation to Johnny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, because, uh, but that's Matt Goudreau, and, um, and Alex Tuke, who I think is a St. Louis Blues prospect. So that's another guy. BC and BU have a ton of guys who are going to be in the NHL pretty soon. Um, for BU, I have, right now, the BU and Northeastern are playing, I believe it's, yeah, it's 2-0 BU right now. Um, not surprising at all. Uh, but the guys from BU that you should pay attention to, Danny O'Regan, I forget what, um, who he's a- affiliated with, but um, that guy, uh, Matt Kuzlik, is a Boston Bruins prospect, and Jacob Forrest-Baca Carlson, who's another Boston Bruins guy. Um, Forrest-Baca
0: Carlson, yeah, he played for Sweden di- this year, didn't yeah, yeah, he?
1: Yeah, he. I think he played in the. Yeah, that sounds about right. He played for the. Um, he played in the World Juniors. I think um, there's an American um, in the World Juniors who played for James McAvoy, not James McAvoy, McAvoy, Charlie McAvoy on BU, um, who played in the U.S.
0: Any players on Northeastern?
1: Not too much. I have Zach Aston Reese, just because he's their leading scorer. But Northeastern isn't as good as the other three teams. Harvard surprisingly ranked number seven this year. Um, BC and BU are always good, so it's, like, uh, not surprising. BC, uh, Jerry York, who's their head coach there, uh, he just had their 1,000th win, Um, so um, he's pretty good. Um, But, uh, yeah, so um, if you have a chance, it's probably going to be BC and BU uh, next Monday. At around eight, and then the consolation will be Northeastern Harvard. I'm just assuming Northeastern's gonna lose this game. I have no idea, but I'm pretty sure. I, well, think,
0: I imagine they're heavy underdogs, yeah, especially like,
1: rate, considering they're, they're, they're down two nothing loss. at the inter- first intermission right now. So, um, but yeah, um, but like Harvard, Harvard was ranked number seventh, BC's ranked number five, four, I think. And BU is, uh, I think, somewhere in that range. But Northeastern wasn't uh, really ranked at all. So uh, they're huge underdogs, if they weren't already. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I know it's it's college hockey. You probably don't pay attention if you're in Canada right now. But, um, yeah,
0: not, not too, too often. No, we, we don't really get... But much it, coverage on, on yeah. our TSN channels, to be honest. But it is so.
1: uh, it is like you do hear about it somewhat um if you live yeah. in Boston. Um, we heard
0: about it occasionally,
1: but it's about, yeah. So the BCBU is uh like a big rivalry though here. Um, it's um, and so this is one of the first times where like both teams are like, well, not one of the first times. They're usually good at the same time. But, um, yeah, like
0: there's a level playing. So there's, there's, there's like a there's a
1: rivalry with them. Those are the biggest rivals here. So, um, I I think BC is going to win uh, the whole thing. Um, I thought Harvard may have upset BC, but um, you know such is life. But I think BC is going to win. Um, although I usually root for BU in those <laughs> situations. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of Boston we go to the big club the Boston Bruins um and then we have our Senators segment as well um <laughs> I wasn't sure how to transition that but uh so uh I tried <laughs> I tried exactly so uh this this uh this segment uh we're going to since they're wearing too many games this week um we're going to do a um like a kind of a spin on this section right now uh so we're going to answer was the first half what we expected of our team and and what our second half expectation is? Um, I don't know. Do you want to go first? I feel like I've been talking a lot now.
0: Uh, well, as far as the Senators go, it the first half, um, compared to last year, I think they're doing a little bit better, but consistency-wise, it's, it's still been the same problems, even though Robin Leonard's not... With the, with the Sens now, he's in Buffalo. Um, it's still been the same inconsistency. A good one night, and then you just can't get it done the next. Um, so the, the inconsistencies need to be ironed out. Uh, the, the first half had a lot of them. Um, and and like the last couple of games were a good example of that. You had the New York Rangers shut them out, probably play your best game of the year, and then... You almost tied against Buffalo, but, you know, just like half a second too late, you can't get it done. And and regardless of the fact that you got 21 shots in the final frame, Boston is a team that you have to beat, and they couldn't do that. So th- those kind of inconsistencies. Well, you did, beat the you best, know. lose the worst. Um, well, you guys so didn't beat
1: us once. It, that Mark Stone game.
0: I, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting... A, Better, obviously, from the Suns in the second half, especially considering how the second half last year worked out. Yeah. Um, as to whether or not they're going to make the playoffs, I'm not quite sure. Uh, especially, you know, with, with the Penguins in the mix and the Bruins in the mix. Yeah. And uh, the Flyers and the Hurricanes somehow still in the mix. And Carey Price is
1: coming back, too, so that's... <laughs>
0: yeah, and and if the Habs start getting hot, that could be really big problems for, for Ottawa, too. Right. Uh, and Tampa Bay, who was below them in the standings at one point before a head-to-head meeting. I think Ottawa yeah. had a chance to go up eight points on them, and now Tampa's gone on a tear, as I expected them to. <laughs> So, to. Um, like, little by little, if, if they keep losing, they're going to continue to allow the other teams to gain ground on them, and as f- unfortunate as it is to say, um, that they need a huge second half again. And if they don't get it, they might fall short and not make the playoffs altogether. Again, I'm hoping that they make the playoffs, but I'm not quite sure what to expect from them in the second half. I'm hoping for the best, but um, it's anybody's guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of the same feelings for me with the Bruins. Uh, the first half, they've just been inconsistent. Like, one game, they look like the best team in the world. And then the second, you know, and then the next game, they look really sluggish and what we kind of expected of them um, or what people expected of them. So they've been better than what I expected them to be. Um, I expected them to be, I think I predicted them to be, to make the first wild card, which is where they are at right now. Um, as, as a shocker, I'm still, I still think they want, um, they need a defense, a better defenseman group. Um, uh, it's not there yet, but I am, I am glad that our offense is finally clicking, which is something that we've never had under Claude Julian um, as a whole. Marshawn, Bergeron are always amazing, like always. Uh, Tory Krug has stepped up his game, um, like he should have. Um, Chara's been good, um, he hasn't yet been declining yet. Um, and Colin Miller, I love, although Claude Julian doesn't play him that much, which is annoying. Um, really, um, so I am pleasantly surprised, although I am cautious about it because I have a feeling we may uh, not make the playoffs still, especially with how close this division is. Um, I think
0: if they don't make the playoffs, he's going to be fired. Sad, sad but true reality. And he's a good coach, but yeah. I um, uh,
1: I don't know. I mean, he has done a good job so far with the team that he had because he's true, clearly.
0: given the team that he has? But yeah, like, either he's, way, he's you know, clearly the postseason back to back years. People are expecting true. change, especially in Boston.
1: True, true. I um, I I guess I would agree to that. I'd say though that like I think what Sweeney did was like just the fact that Sweeney didn't fire him right away. Cause that's what usually happens when you get a new GM is like, they just fire the coach right away. So the fact that he didn't fire the coach right away um, kind of shows that he has his support and the fact that they're scoring, we still have, like, I think we have like the number one power play, which is something that, Oh no, we have the numbers. We have the second best power play, which is something that we've never had I don't think ever, <laughs> um, like we've never had a good power play. That's always been our thing, and now we and we used to be the thirtieth in our penalty killing, and now we're fifth overall in our penalty killing. So uh, he's he's a good coach. Um, we're third in goals per game too. So um, we are we're getting better there. Um, I just I just have a feeling that it's just all gonna fall apart. Um it does give me great satisfaction though that Dougie Hamilton isn't doing well in Calgary. Um
0: isn't doing as well as I think people thought originally thought he was, he was
1: although I, I'd still give him some time. I have a feeling he may, you know he may have a good second half or he'll probably be better uh next season too, so um but that is it is better. It would it would have frustrated me so much if it would, turned out to be another Tyler Sagan situation. Yeah. Right, like he just turns out to be like a Norris Trophy candidate or something or like that. Or Blake Wheeler. With the or Blake Wheeler. Or Phil Kessel. Although Phil Kessel, we did get Sagan in Hamilton in a cup, so I can't complain about Kessel. Or Joe Thornton is the other comparison. But um, yeah. So um, but yeah, the uh, you know the the yeah, Panthers. It'll
0: be interesting to see how they do in the next couple of games. They have least... Yeah, we have the uh, Leafs uh, tomorrow. The we have the Sabres. So on paper, then, that's three easy wins if they can actually. Yeah, but that's know, that's easier.
1: That's easier said than done. We always have trouble with Buffalo. Um, but uh yeah, we should beat Toronto, but you know, you never know. Um and then um Alright, so then our next question for both of us is um what are we buyers, sellers, stay the course? Um, Sens
0: are, are going to stay the course. They have no reason yeah. to be buyers, and they have no reason. I don't to think sell they're they, they're never they're,
1: really sellers or buyers at the trade. Yeah, on, exactly, right? like, they're, they're, it's
0: it's it's just you know, more t- it's it's more time to develop more netting. I think, yeah, if the Sens trade one guy, it's going to be Jerry Cowan.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I think
0: I think he's he's running short on rope there, and um. I think patience is going to be wearing thin, especially with the con- with the amount of money he's making in his contract. Uh, I think he would get it out of there before there's no next to no value left. Yeah, so I think if the Sens do make a move, Jared Cowan is on his way out.
1: Um, the Bruins, yeah, I could see that. The Bruins are in a weird situation right now because we have we we could be buyers. We do need a defenseman to help us in our play- if we we're going to make a playoff push. <coughs> but Seattle. yeah, but well, there is rumors that we could try to get one of the Anaheim Ducks defensive people uh, like Bannen or um, I think Bannen and Lindholm. Vance, are Vance the and Fowler. I don't. I don't know if
0: they would. If um, to train, there's I, there's like, I, I like. I
1: like Sammy Bannen, but. You know,
0: Freddie Anderson is on the but, table. And that hasn't yeah.
1: Yet. But there is a catch here because our biggest trade bait is Louis Erickson, and he's one of the biggest reasons why we're at this point in the first place. So we're like buyers and sellers. I think I'd be okay if we trade Louis Erickson if we can get like a young defensive person back. So a guy like Sammy Vannon, I would be okay with. But
0: hold that thought just one sec. I need to charge my computer battery here okay.
1: okay I mean I can just continue talking. I' <laughs> will uh, yeah, so I'd be okay with it if it's like if we get like a prospect or uh, another draft pick um, and like a, a player that's gonna help us now as well as like a future someone who's younger than Erickson. but I don't I don't know if that's gonna happen or if it will happen. Um, actually, Malcolm Subban is, uh, called up, or just got called up. Um, he, uh, Gustafsson had a, uh, I think he had like a sickness or something. Um, but Malcolm Subban's got called up, so uh, that's exciting to see. He's been, he has been on a tear apparently in Providence, so, um, it should be interesting to see how he does. Um, yeah. Um let's see, what else? It's uh Yeah, I'm uh, here. Yeah. I
0: was just,
1: just a, laptop, uh, I, I was just saying that Malcolm my
0: laptop charger from upstairs there.
1: I was just saying that Malcolm Suban got called up today, so we're Yeah. Just um, just it, apparently. Yeah, he had what like I a yeah, like a flu, but I think it's more serious now or something like that. So um But yeah, so uh, it should be interesting because regardless of what we do with him, uh, because he could be trade bait. So we do have Tuca and we do have Zane McIntyre also in our system. So um, he could be trade bait too for us um, if he does play well. Um, All right, so I think we're time to go with the questions right now. Um, So our first question, we have, uh, since this is our second half, Um, this is, we have some questions for us to, uh, to get us ready for the second half. Um, so Stanley Cup predictions at the halfway point right now. Um, for me, I think right now I have the Capitals making it out of the East. Um, I think Pulpy looks much better. They finally have, like, a death with Kuznetsov and Oshie. um, And their defense has been looking good, too. So, um, I feel like they're the team to beat in the East. The West, it's a lot more challenging for me. Because I want to say the Stars, but I'm still not... um, I'm still not convinced of their defense yet. So, I'm going to go with the easy answer and say the Blackhawks for the West. Um, But... uh, it could be the stars and capitals. Uh, for me, um,
0: I'm see, I'm, I'm I'm torn because the Rangers. It all depends on what happens with Kiki Handel, um, and they haven't been doing so hot lately. So I'm not sure about them. So if I had to pick a Stanley Cup matchup right now. Um, I. I
1: By the way, we both picked the Lightning and the Ducks as our Stanley Cup in the preseason game in our preseason predictions. Oh, uh,
0: we picked both of them. Eh. <laughs> yeah, we okay. did. Um, you know, I think Tampa is still capable of doing that, but at this point, I would I would go Capitals versus Kings in the final.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the Kings as well. If it's, um,
0: if it's not the Blackhawks in the final, that the Kings are the other team that's going yeah. to give it. Yeah, I feel like
1: the Stars may, may be the Stars' year. I'm still not convinced with their defense yet. I know they have Klingberg and Gold I think They'll
0: make it by round one. Round two is going to be. And their goalie, Yeah, their
1: goalie is their goalie situation is kind of iffy as well. Yeah. But it's, it's it's tough to bet against the Blackhawks or the Kings just because of their experience yeah
0: they're, they're more experienced they, they've been there they've done
1: that yeah um so who so that takes us to our next question who will win each division who's going to like not who's going to make it to the conference final but who's going to be who's the gonna one win spot each division. Yeah. Um,
0: Tampa Bay is going to win the Atlantic division I well, think the floor is ahead I think Florida,
1: I think Florida, Florida actually Florida, may... Second and
0: third. I think Florida may... may
1: okay, sorry, yeah, it's your turn. I,
0: I think Tampa's going to win the division. <laughs> okay. Uh, especially with the run they're on. Uh, Washington, it's their division to lose. I think they're going to win it rather easily. Uh, they've already put enough separation between them and the Rangers. I don't see that changing. Maybe the Rangers close that gap, but I think Washington has got that on lockdown at the moment. Um... Kings are going to win their division, but I do predict that the Arizona Coyotes are going to finish second and make wow. the playoffs.
1: Wow. Bold prediction.
0: And I guess it's not
1: that bold, but...
0: <laughs> Chicago, not surprisingly, yeah. is going to win the Central. I think uh, the Stars are going to be a close second, but um, the Blackhawks have it going right now.
1: Um, Yeah, that's more or less what I have. I think Detroit may make it interesting in the Atlantic. Yeah. Um, Washington's definitely going to win the Metro they, they already have a 20 point lead on the second team the Rangers um, they have 74 points the Rangers have 59 right now um, yeah I think Chicago will win the Central Dallas will be close I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas wins though um, and the Pacific LA, I think, will definitely get the Pacific.
0: Another prediction I'm going to make, even with Mike Camilleri on the IR, I think the Devils are going to make the playoffs, and Pittsburgh won't.
1: Interesting. I think, actually, Pittsburgh may actually sneak in there. I think the uh, Islanders aren't, um, are going to backpedal a bit, um, mm. and so they'll get the three-spot. Um, and then, um, yeah, I don't know if, I don't, th- I think New Jersey is going to regress a bit. I think Arizona is going to regress a bit. I think Anaheim may, uh, is going to uh, take over. New Jersey, they, they might
0: regress a, a little bit, you know, especially in the division that they're in, but yeah. you look at who Vancouver has, or Arizona has in their division, and Vancouver and Calgary and Edmonton and all those teams, yeah. uh, yeah they pretty much the only, I think, close competitor behind Arizona is San Jose.
1: Yeah, San Jose is looking pretty good too. I, I think, I think Anaheim's going to uh, going to make the playoffs. Actually, just like barely. Um, yeah. But I think they're going to make it. Um,
0: uh, it's they're certainly. I feel like they, they have the
1: potential to be like that. You know, just pick up at the right moment, like what Ottawa. Did last year yeah um you know they had a rough start at the beginning of the year and now they're finally um going to do well um they finally have it figured out because they played the the Bruins and the Ducks played in their I think it was the last game of, of the Bruins um, yeah, and Ducks yeah the Ducks looked really look impressive good. they looked uh they looked back to their the way that everyone expected them to be so um so, so, yeah, are winning with Gibson, so, too. Yeah, Gibson, with, Gibson oh, had it? a good game, had a good All-Star game, too, so I think, uh, yeah. um, so yeah, I think, uh, they looked good. Which brings us to our biggest surprise and di- disappointment, because, uh, the Ducks and the Lightning started off as a disappointment, um, but they've recently picked it up, um, through some changes and stuff, whatnot, so they, they were... Bit of a disappointment at the first half. And then I guess the surprises for me would be Arizona um, and um, Arizona doing well. Calgary not doing as hot as they should be. Um, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised that Edmonton and Buffalo aren't doing as well. Like they're still in the bottom of the tangle, but I thought they would be in a bit more in the playoff hunt. Just a bit. I didn't expect them to make the playoffs, but I thought they'd be more in the hunt. Um, of course, McDavid being injured doesn't help them, or RnH being injured. They're playing, so. they're playing a lot of close
0: one-goal games, so they yeah. just don't have what it takes to win most of them.
1: Um, I think uh, I I I I didn't think Columbus would make the playoffs, but I'm surprised that they've been this bad though. Um, right.
0: I I actually I think I predicted them to make. Yeah, you just you did, you did predict mistaken. them. That's
1: right. I forgot in about the that. Beginning
0: of the season, they're by far my biggest disappointment. Um, Carolina
1: think, Carolina's been surprising. New Jersey's yeah, been surprising.
0: Arizona and Carolina are, are some of the teams that have really surprised me. New Jersey has surprised me as well. Washington, in the sense that they're doing this good. Yeah. Um, disappointments. Uh, the Ducks, where they are for sure. Columbus is by far the biggest disappointment. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh, even without adding Phil Kessel, they're still not where they should be, in my opinion.
1: But they're getting um, there. They've they've been pretty good lately, though. Florida, so.
0: Florida doing as well as they have that, that surprised me. That, a lot. That's yeah, that's
1: another surprise. That's a good one. Um, but uh, Pittsburgh has been pretty good lately. So ever <laughs> since they got Mike Sullivan. Um, they've been pretty good, or, or at least until because Crosby and Castle have finally been scoring. Um, yeah, um, as for players, um, I think uh, Kuznetsov and Panarin um, are the two yeah, biggest Kuznetsov,
0: ones. Kuznetsov is by far my biggest surprise as far as individuals um, you know. Are Who's the other one you said? Panarin. Panarin, yeah. Panarin. I, Dylan Larkin, too. Yeah, Dylan Larkin. I didn't expect him to be this good
1: so soon. I didn't. I I knew Johnny Goudreau was going to be good. I didn't expect him to be this good. Um, I'd say that. Um, yeah, I think. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um. Yeah. And then as for disappointments. I guess Johnny Jonathan Drewen. Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Um, Palat's been injured, so he gets some (laughs) some leeway.
0: He he gets a bit of slack on that front. Um,
1: Um, Jack Eichel's been pretty good, though. I was gonna I was gonna count him, but not really. Dubowski,
0: although he's been hurt, he, he hasn't had that. I was expecting a bit more from him. Yeah,
1: um, Pekka Rainey has, uh, yeah, Blade, yeah, he has. He has um, to let us down
0: a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, the biggest yeah. surprise is how many goalies have a GAA, um, if, if not.
1: Oh, hell of um,
0: Under two, just okay. slightly above two. I like, forgot BMR to. Asic has a GAA of two point something something. 2.0 yeah. something. John Gibson at last check out a GAA
1: under 2. I forgot to include uh, hellebuck in the uh hellebuck surprise. Two, yeah. Um yeah, I'm looking here. Yeah, John Gibson has a 1.91 GAA. Yeah. Um Bishop has 2.02. Morazic yeah. has 2.03. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of good goalies now. Um, Holby Luongo, Hellebuck. Yeah, Reimer has been good. Which uh, that's another surprise. Um, Uh, see,
0: he's been hurt a little bit too. I think if John, but but yeah, considering what it was last year, mm -hmm. the fact that he's been playing. uh, Yeah, that's what I mean compared to last year. year. a A surprise, I guess.
1: Um yeah, I'm all, yeah, I guess that's another surprise too. Like I know Toronto isn't um isn't in really in the playoff hunt at all, but they Crosby But is they've a been pretty good because yeah.
0: simply the fact it's Sidney Crosby.
1: Yeah. Uh Vorchek and uh, yeah, Tavares.
0: Yeah. with his pay raise for sure.
1: Um Tavares uh Rista has been a surprise. I don't know. I feel like we could go on and on in this question now. Um <laughs> Um. All right. Uh. So, McDavid is uh, supposedly returning tomorrow. Um. You know, for Edmonton. But um. And then another Canadian guy that we're uh, we're waiting to come back from injury is Carey Price. So that begs the question: Who will have the biggest bigger impact when they come back from injury? Price or McDavid?
0: Um, slam dunk answer, and n- without a doubt, it's Carey Price. I yeah, mean, Connor McDavid, I when he so was too. in the lineup, he was good. He was making a difference with the Oilers, but the Oilers were a five hundred team. Right. You look at Carey Price, and you look at the Montreal Canadiens with him in the lineup and without him in the lineup. It's a glaring night and day difference. Yeah, so, I think uh, w- w- the, the Canadians were at their best when Carey Price was at his best. When Connor McDavid, we haven't seen him at his best. He he hasn't played in this league long enough to really have us evaluate the Edmonton Oilers as, you know, a team that thrives with him in the lineup and does nothing without him. But we can say that about Carey Price because we've seen him play for years and years and years, and especially the past couple, when he's been in the lineup and how much of a difference he's made, the Canadians cannot wait to get this guy back, and they need him back.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, just to play devil's advocate here, McDavid was—he <laughs> was a pre- pretty big spark for the for the Oilers. Oh, he was, and I'm um, not saying that he's not going to yeah. make a difference. Right,
0: but wins and losses. Carey Price makes more of a difference right now True. in this day and age than Connor McDavid. Though.
1: Yeah, although, yeah, I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I I mean, yeah. like, yeah, goaltenders are more of an important position compared to a center, but. um that's not to say that McDavid's been bad but um
0: well, I know he has the potential of being a difference maker but right now Carey Price has shown that he can he can make a difference for his team right and it's just a matter of time before Connor McDavid does the same but in yeah. this day and age right this second Carey Price is going to make a bigger difference than Connor McDavid uh, coming back from injury every day of the week
1: yeah um, who will get more points in the second half? Um, so I just try to think of all the different players who have been struggling in the first half. So John Tavares, Steven Stamkos, Claude Giroux, or Crosby. Um, I th- I'm going Stamkos. You're going Stamkos? I'm going to go with Crosby or Tavares. I think, yeah, uh... Yeah,
0: it seems like the logical choice, but... Yeah, Crosby has... Tampa's been... Yeah. Tampa's been, um... Uh, Playing better as as a team of late, and yeah. I think I think Stamkos, uh, especially in a, in a contract year, yeah, um, that's I think that's going to motivate him uh, to raise his game up a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think all four of these guys are probably going to get a lot of points or going to be back to their normal form because they're too good not to. But, um, I think Crosby and Tavares will definitely get back. Crosby can, has kind of already started to, um, he just needed a coaching change, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, th- I expect Tavares to be back to normal soon too. Um, I hope so because now he, now I have him on my keeper league. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could I see Stamkos being back to his normal self too, um, but uh, I just thought to include this question, just because those guys aren't um, aren't up to their normal selves. I guess GetzLav is another guy, um, but uh, we'll see. Um, all right, uh, which player is definitely getting traded at the trade deadline before Casey the Andel. Yeah, you said Casey Andl. Yeah, um,
0: Casey Andl. Like you look at the Rangers cap situation. Yeah, uh, they're not going to be able to resign them. The only way they could afford to resign is if they shed some cap in their defense. You're not gonna trade Ryan McDowell. You're not gonna trade Dan Girardi. Yeah. No way anyone is gonna ask for Dan Boyle because it's not that he's not good. It's just that his age and the money he's making, he's not worth the the price of admission like he once was. Right. So the easiest guy to trade and get the most value for in return is Keith Yandle. Yeah. And he's in a contract here. It'll be tough to keep him in the off season. I doubt they'll be able to keep him in the off season and he'll be gone before the deadline. And here's what I will predict. The Boston Bruins and the Philadelphia Flyers will be in the bidding war for Keith Yandel.
1: Wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I actually don't and, want and Keith Yandel. Here,
0: here, I'm going to take it a step further. Okay. Okay. In order for the Philadelphia Flyers to get Keith Yandel, they will have to give up Travis Konechny or Ivan Rob and a couple of uh, draft picks. Wow. Okay, they're going to be asking for one of those top prospects. Yeah, I don't. I don't Ivan know. Uh, Travis Connect
1: I don't the If the thing,
0: Boston Bruins want to get P. T. Andle, they will have to give up one or two of the players that they drafted one, two, three in last year's draft.
1: <laughs> I don't think that the thing with the Bruins and the Flyers is that they probably they want to get young defensemen. The Flyers have Ghost Bear. I think they have Proverb as you mentioned. Uh, they also have, um, I think they have another guy in this system too, who's another young defenseman. They also but, have
0: Mark Strike who is currently hurt, yeah. but probably the best offensive defenseman they have, and a veteran. A well,
1: veteran. other than Ghost Bear, but yeah, um, who's been good. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I just don't think that I, I don't think Yandel's getting traded, honestly, um, because I feel like they, you know, the, the Rangers gave up Duclair for him, so they obviously feel like you know this guy is um worth it um clearly yeah. it hasn't worked out At the i don't time, know
0: they certainly thought he was worth it though but if if he's not worth it and they lose him for nothing they basically gave up Duclair for a defenseman that was only with them for a year and a half so yeah. if he is not in a part of their plans he is getting moved one way or the other Even yeah. if it's not for a big return they're gonna they're not gonna let keith yano walk away for nothing the they thing, about the thing with this guy right,
1: out. the thing with the Bruins is is that they want to get the you know they're they're more focused on the future I think or I hope yeah. they are. So like they're not going to try to. Uh, how old is Yandel? Is he like thirty three or something? Right? Uh, he's
0: he's I think if he's not in his thirties, he's close to that. Yeah, I'm looking at um, something now. And, uh, yeah, I think
1: I th- I think if they're going to make a trade for a defenseman. They're gonna try to get younger um, instead of getting older. Oh, he's twenty nine.
0: They well, signed Tory Krugus. He he's, yeah. they signed him only to a one year deal this year. Yeah, right, right. before the year started, right?
1: Um, yeah. Um, he, uh, yeah, he's still he's gonna be an RFA for the next year. Uh, Yandel is twenty nine. I thought he was like thirty or something. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I don't know if. Honestly, I don't think that's gonna happen, but um. I guess, I guess it could happen. I feel like the Bruins are looking at it as a, like, if they're going to help me in the future, not just right now, um, if they're going to make a trade. Uh, so I think, I actually think that now that I think the the Jets are last in the Central, if I believe that's correct, I think. Who's um,
0: last Central, the Jets?
1: Yeah, I think so. Wow. Um, and I think, yeah, they are the last in the central. So I think Bufflin or Andrew Ladd are getting moved. Because uh, they have some contract issues. I see
0: Dustin Bufflin getting moved. There's no way they move Andrew Ladd. Yeah. Um, There's no way they move him. Really?
1: I mean, he hasn't been as good lately. I think...
0: Yeah, uh, he's, he's a good leader for them, and he's going to get back to his old self, I think. Um, but... but-
1: I, I if actually at
0: Dustin Bufflin I think he is the easiest player to move. Right. Everyone's going to want him. Yeah. And I don't really see much of a future with him in the in a Winnipeg Jets uniform. Well, Bufflin's so I I also old see too. him but... getting moved, I don't see Andrew Ladd getting moved. Today.
1: Well, Bufflin's also old too, but um yeah, I I think
0: and if it's at if it's at the right price, maybe yeah. they move Andrew Ladd, but I I yeah. I, I don't I was I, I, I can't see him getting
1: moved. I I read a tweet somewhere. I think it was Bob McKenzie, may have been someone else too. Yeah, he was, there was some he said that it
0: was to Florida
1: or something? No, no, no. I was going to say that he uh, he said that all the GMs are just waiting to see what the Jets do with Buffalo and Ladd and then once those guys are dealt with, then like it'll be like a free for all and for the Jets, the storm begins, Exactly. Right? So, I f- I think I actually think either one of those two. I know this is kind of cheating on the question, but I didn't make up the question, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah think, I think I think it's kind of, I think one of those two players are getting are getting traded before deadline. Yeah, I definitely um, think Bufflin. Definitely, yeah, you think Bufflin? I, I think it could be Led. I know. I know. Um, they could be able, like, they're trying to get younger. So I mean, I know he's the captain of their team, but I feel like. You know, they have a lot of young guys there too with Ellers and uh Truba, so um, if, if
0: he if he gets moved, okay.
1: Blake if Wheeler. If he gets
0: moved, he's their captain. Who's the next captain of the Winnipeg Jets?
1: Uh, I think probably Wheeler. Um
0: I I I think it's either going to be narrowed down between three people.
1: Well wait, who's the people alternate people the captains? Who are they? going incumbents? to be
0: one of Mark Shifley, Brian Little, Drew Stafford.
1: That's that's three uh, people.
0: That's
1: four people. You said three people.
0: I said uh, no, I know. Uh, Mark Shifley, Drew Stafford. Mark Shifley, Drew Stafford, Blake Wheeler. That's three.
1: Right. right. Um. You, I don't think. Did it's, I say
0: Brian Little?
1: You didn't. But that's four. You, you Okay. You um, said. <laughs>
0: there, there, there you go. The, at least three or four candidates off the top of my head. Um. And if if guy gets traded, either one of those three. Well, or four right or
1: now, right now the two alternate captains are Mark Stewart and Blake Wheeler. So I think Blake. Uh, I think Blake Wheeler has been on the team longer than Mark Stewart. Um, I think Wheeler will probably be captain. Just be on and that.
0: I, I think when you look at a captain these days, you look at guys that you know are going to be probably with the team long term. Right. And I don't see Mark Stewart being around long term. Like, yeah, he's 31
1: guy, years he's old. Yeah, he's a good player to have, but yeah. um, I, yeah. I don't see Mark him being Stewart around for,
0: for, forever. Certainly not as long as a Blake Wheeler or a Brian Little or right. even a Mark Shifley.
1: Who, um. Yeah. hasn't
0: been around nearly as long as some of the guys on that roster yet. He hmm. he he's got the traits of a captain.
1: Yeah. Um Stewart is 31 years old. Wheeler is 29 years old. Um so hold on one second. Um what Um I guess they didn't realize I was still recording. Um, um. Let's go back. uh yeah. So uh, Wheeler and uh, Stewart are old. I, it could be interesting to see, um, like uh, Nikolai Ellers as like you're giving the you passing the torch off to the young crowd. Um, see, he's, like he's a, like that you pull like a Taze and I Landis got put
0: too much responsibility <laughs> on the guy though.
1: Well, I mean, they, they they did the same for Landis, Cog and Taze when they they, they assigned yeah, them. Yeah,
0: but I think he did, they did that in maybe their second or third season, did they not?
1: Oh, yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. They, well, I mean, this would be like after the season, so the others yeah. would be... Um, but yeah. uh,
0: am I allowed to make up a question here?
1: Yeah, go ahead. I, I thought you were... I, I, yeah, feel but free.
0: Being the fact that the Central Division is, is, is pretty tough... And there are a couple of wild card spots available. Who do you think of these two teams has a better chance of making the playoffs? The National Predators or the Colorado Avalanche?
1: Um
0: The way they've been playing it's Colorado at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's that's kind of an interesting if question. Gets
0: their game together, I think they're going to make it. But if they keep playing like this, Colorado, I think. Yeah, they're I, don't
1: expect, to I don't expect. I don't expect Pekka Pekka to be this bad for this long. He's too good not to. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you never know because he is pretty old too. So, uh, but that's Colorado, great. I don't know if their defense is going to make it uh, for a full season. Uh, I'm g- I'm gonna go with Colorado. Um, yeah, I know that they. I know that Nashville ha- added Johansson, and they obviously have a good defensive crew. But I I don't know. I think Colorado might have it. Um, yeah, it should be interesting though. I think um, there's, there's another team that's in the mix there. Oh, Minnesota, um, as well. Yeah,
0: I think Minnesota is gonna make it in.
1: Yeah. Um. So, so of the three, who do you have being the odd team out?
0: Uh, out of those three, I would say Nashville is the odd team out.
1: Okay. Um, I've
0: been wrong before.
1: Yeah, so I think that's it. This is. Uh, we knew this was going to be a long episode. It turned out to be an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to save it right away as soon as we're done. <laughs> um, I'm Brett Dubuff.
0: I'm Steve Ellsworth, and we'll see you on episode 18. Hopefully not. not for not... We rather, We'll talk to you in <laughs> yeah. episode 18 of the Lace em Up podcast. Feel free to email us any clocky questions you may have. We don't mind uh, taking your yeah. questions. bag at gmail.com.
1: Uh, or or you Twitter.
0: Can interact with us on Facebook uh, or and Twitter, on Twitter as well.
1: Um, yeah, hopefully it won't. be uh, a while. it won't be a long time before our next. And hopefully
0: episode. this won't be the last episode, part two. Again, no, I'm gonna make sure it's not. Um, <laughs> okay. All right.